0: But I always had this belief that if you do a great job with project number one, project number two will follow.
1: Welcome to Smashing the Plateau. We help consultants, coaches, entrepreneurs, and small business owners build their business after a long career as an employed professional. We believe you should be able to do what you love and get paid what you're worth consistently. I'm your host, David Schreiner-Khan. Today on Smashing the Plateau, I'm speaking with marketing strategist, Eric Elam. Eric is the founder and president of Elam Associates, a solo marketing agency focused on delivering customized marketing solutions for small and mid-sized companies. In today's episode of Smashing the Plateau, You'll learn how to start and build a solo business in your field of expertise. Stay with us to hear all the details. Do you struggle to take consistent action on building your business? How do you feel about your business building progress? Would you like to be part of a structured, supportive process to help you implement ideas that you know will help you move the needle toward your goals? As a member of the Smashing the Plateau community, you'll have access to a structured process for growth. You'll also be a member of a community that is built to be a safe, caring place where inclusive, direct, active, and empowering conversations are welcome. Inside the Smash in the Plateau community, you'll find a range of tools and resources to support you as an entrepreneur, access to experts, and answers to your burning questions. If you are committed to getting your consulting, coaching, or small business to grow on your own terms so that you can deliver great results to your ideal clients, while supporting the lifestyle you want and you don't want to do it alone, apply to become a member of the Smashing the Plateau community. Learn more at smashingtheplateau.com. Now let's welcome Eric Elam. Eric is the founder and president of Elam Associates, a solo marketing agency focused on delivering customized marketing solutions for small and mid-sized companies. Eric's three decades plus career career Traversed from corporate side marketer to consultant to ad agency executive, then onto his current solopreneur role. Eric resides in Cincinnati, Ohio with his wife of 41 years, Cindy. Eric, welcome to the show. Thank you, David. It's wonderful to be here. Tell me a little bit about your career. Well, my journey to
0: where I am right now may not necessarily be a traditional one, but I'll go ahead and give it to you. I started off on the corporate marketing side. That was my first job out of school. I did that for about a dozen years, and then lo and behold, I got laid off. I think back then they called it right-sizing because they didn't want to say downsizing. I was surprised. I wasn't expecting it. I had two kids at home, and it was like, what am I gonna do next? So I started looking for jobs, of course. And uh, wasn't really finding what I was looking for. A colleague of mine said, uh, why don't you consult? Why don't you try consulting while you're looking for a job? And I listened to her, and I was able to get some consulting assignments. That was probably my first opportunity to kind of dip my toe in the waters of consulting. I did that for a couple of years, and then one of the companies I was consulting for offered me a job. Well, at that point in time, while I was intrigued by the world of consulting, I wasn't ready yet. I still had a family to support. It just felt too risky. So I took the job, another corporate job. Uh, about three years after that, I moved from the corporate side to the ad agency side. I was offered a job at an ad agency it was a much smaller firm, and I felt like that was maybe getting me closer to the consulting world because I was going from a big corporate job over to an agency job. I worked in uh, two different ad agencies, really smaller. I mean, we're talking less than 50 employees, so these were small firms, for about 10 years. So now I've taken you up to like 2008 2009. And uh, I guess like a lot of individuals during the course of their career, I was taking notes along the way. I was taking my mental notes. My time in the uh, corporate setting helped me to understand what corporate marketers are looking for from ad agencies. My time on the ad agency side gave me a better perspective of what life was like there and what agencies really needed to do to service their clients. And I made this decision that I think something's broken, okay? Business as usual, to me, wasn't working. And quite frankly, David, I was feeling really unfulfilled in my agency job. And some might say, why? I was vice president of business development, I had a nice six-figure income. I had a really good title. I had all the things that were supposed to be making me happy, but I felt really unfulfilled. And um, I mentioned to you that I'd been married to the same woman for 41 years, and she was like, why don't you do something about it? And to be perfectly honest with you, I was nearing a milestone birthday. It's amazing what milestone birthdays can sometimes do to us. And I got to the point where, well, what's the worst that could happen to me? I guess I could fail. Well, I've been laid off a couple of times in my career. So what would be wrong with failing at this? So back to my point about um, business as usual wasn't working. I learned a lot about what... Um, I thought the business should look like. Here's the the bottom line of what I decided to do. I made the decision I was going to go out on my own. One of the things that I learned is it doesn't matter whether you're working in a corporate setting, whether you're working in an ad agency setting, or whether you're a consultant. There's three things that matter in the marketing business. One, relationships. Let's face it. We do business with people we know and trust. We do business with people we like. And I had always been really good at building relationships. I knew I could build those relationships and leverage them. Secondly, this business is about ideas, okay? You must generate ideas to either grow a brand, to generate new leads, to grow sales. You have to come up with ideas. And why should ideas be the domain of a large large agency? Why can't I generate those ideas? And third, it's about execution. I had lived through situations where great ideas would die on a vine because the company didn't know how to execute them. So I decided, okay, I'm going to try this myself. So it took me, i probably from the time I decided I was going out on my own, it was January of um, 2009. It wasn't the best time in the uh, in our country from an economic standpoint. 2008 had just happened. Some people um, who were close to me thought I was crazy. What are you doing leaving a secure job to go out on your own? My gut told me I could make it work. I just felt like I could do it. So... You never forget these dates, David. June 29th, 2009, I resigned my job and I hung up a shingle right away and I started Elam Associates. I had no clients. I had no revenue. I had a belief that I could make this work. I had a couple of prospects that I thought I could approach and get some work from. And and I had a um, a message from my wife that, okay, buddy, you got six months to make this work. You better be able to generate some revenue in six months. And she was right. I mean, I had to make some money. I had to prove that I could make this work, that I could take this idea. And my idea was, I'm going to build an agency or a consulting business and really three tenets behind that there would be no walls. Okay, I'm not going to open up an office. Why open an office? Why do I need an office? That's just added expense that I don't need at this point in time. So there would be no walls. Secondly, there would be no barriers. When I say no barriers, what I meant by that is um, I need to work with clients that will allow me to immerse myself in their business. If you let me in, I can help solve your marketing challenges. So. No walls, no barriers, and tied into that, no overhead, okay? Yes, I understand the need for overhead in an agency world, but I'm not going to bring that to my clients. I'm going to bring you fresh ideas. So I set out looking for a client, and uh, I found one. I found a small client. They were a, in the business of making educational furniture, so furniture for colleges, schools, they didn't have a lot of money to spend, but they gave me a start. And about a month after that, I found a second client. All of a sudden, I've got some traction here. I've got, I'm, I'm energized.
1: And how many months in was, was your first client? Uh,
0: probably a month, probably like three weeks. That's pretty quick. Yeah, it was pretty quick. Well, I'll be honest, I, I was leveraging relationships, right? I've talked to you about the importance of, of relationships. I contacted people who I knew, who knew me. And, um, you know, I think oftentimes um, your former colleagues and friends want to give you a chance. They want to see you succeed. And uh, all I was saying was, give me a project. Give me a project and let me see if I can deliver against maybe what your expectations were. Or what you had received from other marketing agencies before so the first year I really had two core clients but I wasn't making anywhere near the money I was making before but David I was so much happier I was energized again I was feeling fulfilled I was feeling like I know I can make this thing work and um you know that's Second year, I landed another client and uh, things took off from there. And now I'm 13 years in it. um, You know, there have been some years that are much better than others. I've learned a lot along the way. There have been a lot of um, unexpected transitions (laughs) moving into this that I had no idea what I was getting in getting into. Uh, maybe if I had known everything that I was getting into, I wouldn't have done this. So it was probably best that I didn't know everything.
1: You know, it's funny. I see a number of parallels in our situations. Um, Like you, I have been laid off several times in my career. The first time I totally didn't see it coming. Um, It was very early on. I'd been working for about four years at that point. And The company I worked for had lost a lot of business and terminated a big percentage of the staff, including me. And at that point, I actually thought about becoming an entrepreneur and doing something—not necessarily consulting, but just doing something as an entrepreneur. I, I knew so little about how to run a business that it just it wasn't feasible. And I ended up getting another job, but in a different different sector. I went from engineering to the nonprofit world. So I did make a transition, but not quite the one that I had. Initially hoped, and then when I started my consulting business in 2006, one of my mentors at the time said to me, and I was pretty early on in my business, and I was I was getting some traction. He said, "You have to be really motivated to make it work as a consultant. You may also find that there is someone who offers you a job, somebody that you're consulting for, offers you a job, and you're going to have to make a decision." Whether you take the job or you really want to pursue getting this consulting business thing to actually work the way you want it. And in fact, there was um, there was an opportunity that came along that was really kind of a plum job and with really good compensation tied to it that I ended up uh, not pursuing because I really wanted to make the consulting thing work. So um, I totally relate to that. And you have to, you have to go all in. Like you know, like you've said, you have to have faith that it's going to work. You have to go all in. And the financial situation is definitely quite different than when you're an employee. It's not consistent. And some years are really good, some years not so much. And you have to be comfortable with that. Yep.
0: You know, David, we're we're all products of our past environment. And uh, the second time I got laid off was uh, my first ad agency job. And I was VP of business development. So it's my job to bring in new business. And I was. I was bringing in new business. Then we'd lost one of our largest clients. AT&T was one of our largest clients. It was AT&T cable or broadband at the time. And they were a large percentage of our business. And uh, I never thought I was going to get laid off. And the head of the agency brought me in and said, I hate to do this, but quite frankly, you're making too much money and we just lost a lot of revenue. And I guess having been laid off for the second time when I felt like I was doing my job changes your perception of security, right? I mean, people always think, well, you've got a secure job. No, when somebody else controls your destiny and you don't control it, You can be gone the next day. It doesn't matter if you're doing a good job. So those were definitely factors when I went out on my own. It's like, okay, I've been laid off twice, right? Maybe this time I can control my own destiny. And you brought up something else that I think was really important. We all have a handful of mentors in in our lives. And um, I had a gentleman who was one of my mentors who's just recently retired One of the more brilliant corporate identity strategists that uh, I think in the world. The the guy's name is Philip Durbro. Ran a company called Marshall Strategy out on the West Coast. I hired him for a project when I was on the corporate side, and I learned so much from him. And when it was time for me to consider going out on my own, I called Phil and told him what I was going to do, and he encouraged me. Said, "You can do this. You're capable. You have the skills." What do you have to lose? Go do it. I think a lot of times we rely on those mentors, the people that we followed when we were building our careers. I learned a lot from watching how he ran his business. So it was interesting to hear you talk about a mentor because I think it was, a, it was a big factor for me. But no, not all the years have been good. Okay. And there are things that you don't necessarily think about. You know, when you go out on your own, I didn't think about cash flow. Okay. I was so used to a check every two weeks and early on cash flow was good. And then I had a couple of years that were a little lean it was like, whoa, I haven't seen a check roll in, in like six weeks or eight weeks. And that's, um, something you have, you, you learn to live with the cash flow issue. You learn to balance a little bit better. You know, when you're on the corporate side or working for an agency, you have an IT department, you know? When things uh, collapse for you and you're on your own, you better get it fixed pretty quick because how are you going to be able to communicate with your clients? All those things that were the spoils of working for someone else, but you learn to work around them. You know, there, there are barriers and you just have to learn to work through them.
1: Yeah, and I also have found that in the last two and a half years, with the upending of all of our lives and businesses with, with the COVID restrictions that, um, solopreneurs have often been much more flexible and quick to respond to the changing marketplace. And some have done quite well during this period. That's interesting. Uh, actually
0: one of my, uh, larger clients did quite well during the pandemic and, uh, I really was a little bit surprised by that. But part of it was um, there were some people who panicked, right? And they, they stopped doing their marketing. They stopped advertising. But this particular company took a different approach. It's like, we're going to come out on the other end of this. So let's stay the course. Those are great clients to have, obviously. <laughs> yes, yeah. are solopreneur, uh, clients who don't panic and clients who are willing to stay the course. And, you know, I've always tried to find clients who view marketing as an investment and not an expense. There are some clients who view it as an expense. It's a line item in the budget, but um, smart clients know that you have to invest. You have to invest in good times and in bad times.
1: Yeah. And actually, I mean, you've just brought up two really important points. So with with regard to marketing, if you look at the data during uh, long periods of time, companies, that have continued to invest in marketing when business is bad do much better when business turns around. Yes. Because yes, business does turn around. The economy has its uptimes and its downtimes. And you do need to invest in marketing when the economy is weak because it does rebound. And if you're not top of mind when the economy rebounds, you will miss out on huge opportunities. Yes. Yeah, yeah. If I could just give you the the
0: one little case study, the client that I'm referring to is a company called Salon Concepts. They're in the booth rental business. They rent suites to salon professionals, hairstylists, nail techs, et cetera, et cetera. And they only operate in Cincinnati and Minneapolis. Uh, they have a total of 24 stores, but at the beginning of the pandemic, their occupancy rate was like 84%. Well, this past month, they had a record high of 93%. So during some really trying times over the last 24 months, 26 months, whatever that was, they've grown their business uh, and they were willing to invest at times when others were pulling back. So I love those kinds of stories. They're few and far between, but clients who uh, dig in and say, okay, we're not going anywhere. We're going to ride out the storm. We're going to continue to invest in marketing. We're not going to pull back. And then you see them be successful. Uh, Those are great stories.
1: Yeah. I also want to recognize the fact that when it comes to building a business that has no walls, you were ahead of the curve. Because in 2009, it was not necessarily looked upon as as a positive attribute to be bringing on a consultant or hiring a business that didn't have an office space?
0: It was a barrier for me, and I I learned some hard lessons. I learned who was the ideal client, okay? There are some clients who are comfortable with an ad agency that has four walls, that has a big conference room. I didn't have any of that. I was operating out of my home, and I was very transparent with everyone. And I found out that some clients just weren't comfortable with my model. And that was okay because, David, I didn't need a lot. It was the quality of clients that I was seeking, not the quantity. And I I had to recognize, and that's where I learned that the companies that really responded well to my story were small to mid-sized businesses. They were companies that knew that they needed marketing support. They were intimidated by agencies. They did not want to pay big retainers. They couldn't afford to pay big retainers. So I made a decision early on that I was not going to be retainer-based. I was project-based. And that was somewhat risky, but I always had this belief that if you do a great job with project number one, project number two will follow, okay? Even if you have a retainer, clients can still fire you, they can still cancel your contract. And usually it's, you know, 30 days and and you're out. I really started to learn who was an ideal client. So it was those small to mid-sized clients that they were in a growth mode, okay? They were trying to grow their business. They needed marketing support, but they didn't want to take a big risk by signing a long-term contract. Secondarily, they were typically companies that did not have a marketing person on staff. At least they didn't have a marketing strategist on staff. That was one of the things that I thought I could bring to the table because I had been a corporate marketer and I had been on the agency side. I had worn both hats. So I could come in to a client and say, I can provide you with that marketing strategy. I can provide you with the guidance to move your business forward. And when you need agency services, I can deliver them. Now, the way I do that and the way I've done that is that's the associates part of Elam Associates. One of the benefits of being in this market for a long time, David, is I knew all the good people. I knew all the good freelancers. And um, I had reached out to a number of them when I was getting ready to make this move. And I said, I'm going to need your support. I'm going to need your help. Because I'm going to generate work. I'm going to generate work for you and for me. These are copywriters. These are designers. These are web developers. These are social media experts. These are media planners, PR professionals, you name it. I had a a bullpen to go to. And the advantage that I had is I could go to the client and say, you're only going to pay for these people when you need them. We're going to do projects for you. I'm going to give you an estimate of what it costs to bring them in. I'm going to run this like an agency, but it's a virtual agency. There's no walls and uh, there's no long-term commitments. And my gut told me that this would work, that I, that I could find clients that would respond to this. The greatest validation of this was about two and a half years into my business. One of the former clients at my previous agency moved a piece of their business to me. I may have mentioned this company's name to you before. It's uh, Graders, which is a company that has been making ice cream for over 150 years. They, I think, you know, not speaking out of school here, I think they had tired of the traditional agency relationship. They knew what I was doing. They saw that I'd been out there for two years. So, you know, I, I had proven myself a little bit They gave me one project and um, our team killed it. We just did fantastic work that won awards. And um, from 2012 to 2015, we basically became their agency of record. And, um, you know, a lot of satisfaction came from that because I had proven that we could do quality work outside of the realm of a traditional agency structure. So probably one of my, my favorite stories, and uh, I don't do much work with them anymore. An occasional project, they now have a VP of marketing. They didn't have a VP of marketing when they hired me. They needed someone like me. And that often happens where companies will grow and evolve, and eventually they hire people. And when they hire people, they don't need me anymore, but that's okay that's um, that's kind
1: of the nature of, of the business. Right. Well, for, you know, congratulations on everything you've built. It speaks to the power of perseverance and also recognition of who you're meant to serve, who your business is and who your business is not. Great
0: point. And it, yeah. I had to learn that over time. Okay. Yeah. And I made a lot of mistakes. I mean, early on, I got really aggressive, and I was, you know, responding to every RFP that was out there for agency services, and I was unsuccessful there. And I started to realize it was like, Eric, wake up! Here, the clients that are sending out RFPs are used to working with traditional ad agencies. They're not. They're not interested in your business model. And you know, you spend weeks and weeks working on these RFP responses. Let's face it, we're all competitive in this business, right? If someone says, "Would you like to have an opportunity to win my business?" too often I would say, "Yeah, of course I do. You're damn right I do and I'm going to win." But I wasn't realistic about who was a good fit. I've learned over time who is a good fit for me, and it's not the larger companies. And there's so much more satisfaction that comes from helping a young company grow. And um being able to interact with the founders and helping, you know, experiencing some of their pain along the way. That's what I really enjoy doing.
1: Well, again, Eric, congratulations on, on what you've built. Uh, we've covered a, a lot of territory about your business in particular and also a lot of lessons learned. If someone wants to uh, go deeper with anything we've discussed, access any resources you have or get in touch with you, where would be the best place?
0: Well, the best way to reach me on LinkedIn, just search under Elam Associates and I will pop up. All of my contact information is there. I do have a website. It's uh, elamassociates.com. So both of those are great resources. My phone number's on there. I only have one phone number. It's my cell phone. So, uh, don't have a corporate line and a mobile line. I just have a mobile slash business line, and I'm the only one that answers it. That's one of the other things that I learned when I started my business is, you know, Eric, there's no one to delegate to. So if you call that number, there's only one person that's going to answer it, which is typically me. If it's uh, a Friday and I'm watching one of my granddaughters, they might answer my phone, but they usually hand it over to me. So. I love it. I'm just being transparent about... uh, And and what is the phone number? The phone number is 513-703-5334.
1: Great. Well, we will include this information in the show notes. Eric, I want to thank you so much for taking the time to join us today on Smashing the Plateau and share your insights. My guest has been the president of Elam Associates, Eric Elam. Thank you again, Eric, for joining us. David, it's been a pleasure. And thank you for
0: creating the community, because I will tell you, if you don't mind me saying in closing, I didn't know anything about the community until I was referred to you by a friend and colleague, Rock Robinson, who has appeared on your show. And I'm a devoted follower now. Um, I listen to all the podcasts, and it's great to, to be able to hear people who are dealing with a lot of the same things that I am dealing with and have dealt with. So you're providing a great service to the solopreneur community. And uh, for
1: that, uh, personally, I thank you. Well, thank you. Thank you so much, Eric, because it's a, it's an honor to, to hear this and to be able to serve folks like us that need this help. All right. Well, David, I look forward to talking to you again soon. Thank you. Thank you, Eric.
0: All right. Bye-bye.
1: When you visit the Smashing the Plateau website at smashingtheplateau.com, You'll find a summary of each episode along with the links we mention on the show. On today's episode with Eric Elam, we learned how to start and build a solo business in your field of expertise. Do you struggle to take consistent action on building your business? How do you feel about your progress? Would you like to be part of a structured, supportive process to help you implement ideas that you know will help you move the needle toward your goals? As a member of the Smashing the Plateau community, you'll have access to a structured process for growth. You'll also be a member of a community that is built to be a safe, caring place where inclusive, direct, active, and empowering conversations are welcome. Inside the Smashing the Plateau community, you'll also find a range of tools and resources to support you as an entrepreneur, access to experts, and answers to your burning questions. If you're committed to getting your consulting, coaching, or small business to grow on your own terms so that you can deliver great results to your ideal clients while supporting the lifestyle you want and you don't want to do it alone, apply to become a member of the Smashing the Plateau community. Learn more at smashingtheplateau.com where we have additional resources to help consultants, coaches, and entrepreneurs build their business after a long career as an employed professional. We believe you should be able to do what you love and get paid what you're worth consistently. Learn more at smashingtheplateau.com. Thank you for taking the time to listen to our show. I'll see you on our next episode.